Hi, it's John Bernadovich, your host of the H Like a Boss podcast. Welcome to season three. I've embarked on a journey to get to know amazingly awesome HR and business professionals with the hope of finding what it takes to do HR Like a Boss. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and share with a friend. On today's show, I'm super excited to have John Horn. John and I connected as he was reading one of Steve Brown's book and put a really awesome post out on LinkedIn. And I thought, you know what? Liked his first name. Uh, that's a bad dad joke. I apologize. But I also know if he's a friend of Steve's, he must be a really good, passionate human resource professional. So we started connecting and talking through LinkedIn. And lo and behold, here we are having John Horn on the HR Like a Boss podcast. Welcome, John, to the show. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Looking forward. Fantastic. So, John, for those that don't know you, please feel free to share a little bit about your background, what you're doing these days, and your, your passion for human resources. Sure, absolutely. So my background, I've been working in nonprofit uh, management for about the last uh, 30 years. I moved into HR about five years ago because I really wanted to uh, do what was my passion, really working with people, supporting people. Uh, my nonprofit work has been around the issue of homelessness in Los Angeles, which is a huge social problem. Uh, definitely, I'm, I'm passionate about ending homelessness and helping our employees do their best work in that. Uh, I'm a SHRM certified professional and uh, just love the whole work of human resources and everything about making human resources the heart of the organization. That's fantastic. What noble work. And I know it's incredibly challenging and certainly uh, all, all throughout the news you know, channels and everything you read and hear. So uh, continued success, John, to you and thank your you. team. I wish you nothing but the best. And thank you for your devotion uh, to such a, a unique and challenging social issue. I'm, I'm really curious, uh, first and foremost, I'm not going to ask my very first question that I always ask the guests because you said something that intrigued me that I wanted to dig into for a second. So you said that you worked uh, in a, a in the business line or or a non HR function for a majority of your career, and then you you switched in your passion for working with people and thought that would align best with an HR discipline. I'm just curious, ha did that experience of working, I'll call it in the business or in a function non HR related, how has that helped you or maybe hurt you in your transition to HR? Oh, it's 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 helped me, you know, in in every way, shape, and form because I. I have the direct experiences of what it's like to manage people and what it's like to manage outside of the HR function and what it means to have support from HR, but from the other side. So when I was in management roles, I always valued the support of HR and what it meant to me in terms of being able to help with employee issues I was dealing with. And I've been able to bring that uh, realization to my role and know that I am there to really help these managers do their very best and solve problems from a perspective of solution and making sure that the employee feels supported and that the outcome is the best possible. And that's all from the work that I did uh, as a direct manager and knowing how best to support and um, uh, engage employees. That's that's cool. Good for you. And that, I love the translation and the ability to to come with that level of knowledge and experience and pro probably credibility with your employees, certainly and managers as you're supporting them. Absolutely. Well, I know that you have really focused on a, a unique mission and purpose in your entire career and helping to end homeless in your community. 
And I, I'm really uh, driven around uh, the purpose and why people do what they do. I think they ends up in intrinsic motivation. Uh, they'll do things that they normally wouldn't if they're super passionate about it. And I'm just curious, John, from your perspective, how would you describe the purpose of human resources? Great question. And, you know, I could get into the answers of all the transactional work that human resources does and how we support employees from pre-hire to post. But most importantly, I think the purpose of human resources is really there to support employees. I'm a huge believer in creating an environment where employees can bring their best selves to work. Work is a, you know, 40 plus hour commitment for people. And we want to make sure that on a weekly basis, a daily basis, they feel supported at work. They feel that they can be their best at work. They feel that they can come to work and do their very uh, best to support the mission, support the, the people they work with, to support the goals. And our job as HR is to really foster that and to make sure that we are truly the heart of the organization and making sure that employees are able to not worry about what's happening, they just can focus on how am I doing my very best today? Yeah, cool. And I know you mentioned it previously is the importance of your management experience and your ability to support employees as you were working in a different service responsibility within, within your career now in HR and the importance of, I can't think of a better way to support employees than to have a manager or a leader that believes in supporting employees as well. I think we've uh, unfortunately, all of us, maybe not, hopefully not all of us, but some of us have had experiences where you do not have a supportive manager or boss or leader, and that that pretty much sucks. I don't know any other way to say that. That's That could be one of the worst things, and primarily one of the reasons why people leave organizations is based upon poor management management or leader. And I'm curious from your perspective, the, the ability to, to support HR and how it can help managers and leaders become more effective at what they do. You know, great question. You know, what I find, and I think this is one of the biggest challenges that we have when we're in HR and we're dealing with managers and leaders, is that a lot of people get placed in these positions because of a, of a specific skill set that they have. They're able to, in the case that uh, of my work in homelessness, they're able to get people housed. It doesn't necessarily mean, though, that they have the skill set to be a manager. They have the skill set to be a leader. So HR's role beyond anything else is provide training, training, training. I can't emphasize that enough training to managers to help them to learn those skills, the emotional intelligence skills, the hard and the soft skills, everything related to being a good manager, because these are skills that a lot of people just do not have. And we need to help the manager pair what they're good at with strong management skills to create a truly full circle person that can support the employees and lead the employees and the organization where it needs to go. Yeah, EQ is such an important part. I devoted an entire uh, section of one of the chapters to that, and uh, I've read a lot about it and studied it uh, very, very vigorously on my end because it, it 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 goes pretty well with my my background in working or playing golf. The ability to to kind of harness your emotions in a, in a wise way. And not, uh, in essence, over celebrate a great hole and uh, overreact to a bad hole. And I, I, I have this belief: as as you're dealing with issues with employees or challenges, it never is good to fight fire with fire. That ends up resulting, you know, a shouting match uh, never really gets anyone anywhere other than you get your, your whatever you have off your chest. 
but there's certainly a way of, of matching or mirroring that uh, in a way that uh, certainly uh, can lead to greater outcomes, which is what we're trying to do. Like you said, support our employees as they're the heart of our organization and, and bringing them that. And yeah, uh, I, I would I would say that I found emotion can be at times your best friend and at times it can be your worst enemy. And, you know, if we can recognize that, it makes a big difference in how we approach problems. Yeah, well said. Speaking of that, the one of the, the trends that we're seeing is is a, is a dip in, in employee engagement. I know uh, my guess is COVID and virtual work and all the unique challenges that came with it and people looking at work differently than today than they did a few years ago, the importance of it. D do you think that employee engagement really matters? And if so, like how can we do something about it from an HR perspective? Yeah, no, I think it matters 100%. And we see this with employees. You know, I, I would say all of the employees where I work, they support the mission. They support ending homelessness. But do they support the organization's view of ending homelessness? That's the real key. And what we need are employees who are both in line with ending homelessness and in line with the mission of the organization and how we go about doing that. And when those are not in compatibility, then we start seeing employees who are not 100% engaged at work. They're not putting forth their best effort. They're constantly looking for what else is out there. What else can I do differently in another organization? And we see the, the effects of this in high turnover and a constant cycle of having to uh, onboard new employees. And the greatest way that we can you know, really engage our workforce is by valuing our workforce, by listening to our workforce, by knowing what matters to our workforce, and not just the, you know, expecting them to blindly follow the organization and mission, but to truly see what matters to you and how do we put what matters to you into practice here at our organization. And I'll give a great example of that. Our organization has really embraced diversity, equity, and inclusion. And this is something for the last two years that we have really strived for to improve at our, our place of, of business and to really help employees to feel 100% supported in all areas. And it's making a difference and making the impact. And we see engagement increasing as a result. Yeah, really one of the reasons why, probably the primary reason why I wrote the book is seeing the data around employee engagement and how low it was relative to how many people are working. And you mentioned the point, the amount of time that you spend 40 hours a week working, and you multiply that over a number of months, years, decades, et cetera. That's a lot of time to not be engaged and find meaning in what you do. And I really felt HR had the greatest potential to change that, maybe without the exception of, or including of a CEO, but departmentally HR's impact. And the result of writing my book, what I, what I studied and learned and the number one takeaway I had from this journey is that purpose, a clearly defined purpose, or in your case, mission, and it being easily articulated by everyone inside the organization mm -hmm. and ensuring that everyone's aligned to that, uh, the power of that is, is so impactful. I see missions that are you know, 14, 14 to 17 words written too long in a sentence. And if you asked every employee to repeat that, could they do it? I know you've clearly articulated multiple times what the mission is of your business because it's short, direct, and clear. And I think that's so important because it makes it easy to attract talent that are interested in that purpose and have a passion for it. And if you make it clear abundantly to them, you're likely going to attract people that want to do it 
and understand that sometimes you're going to have a bad day at work, but it's okay because you're doing good work in the community. Yeah, absolutely. There's there's nothing more important right now in, in Los Angeles than ending homelessness and our employees, you know, recognize that and we want to foster that. Yeah, it's caused me to shift uh, the focus to, to, uh, on Willery, my firm, which I'll, I'll do a quick plug for if you don't mind, uh, specifically as the the podcast host and certainly the one that puts resources into putting on the show. I, I do want to give a quick shout out. And one of the key parts of, of this pitch is that Willery's purpose is to empower people. So we, we describe ourselves as a purpose-driven company, and we look to hire people that want to feel empowered, at the same time want to do work that empowers others. And as a result, we really focus our services on the HR and payroll space, specifically in direct hire and temporary staffing. And we also provide consulting services from an HR technology perspective in supporting mid-sized companies. So if you're struggling to find talent in your HR payroll department, or you're not getting a return on your investment from your HR tech, please visit willery.com to learn more. All right, John, back to the podcast and why we're here. People want to hear what you have to say, not my silly plug for Willery. One thing that I know was, a, I'll call it a 2021 buzzword, was this idea of empathy, being empathetic and having empathy in your management and to employees. I think it became somewhat easier for us as a society to do so because we all were affected in our own way by COVID. And, and, and obviously there were variations of that, but certainly we were all under that same umbrella. Do you, do you think um, how, how has empathy evolved in your management career and the importance of it for you and your responsibilities inside of HR? Yeah, absolutely. I can first touch on the evolution of empathy in, in my professional career. I got to say, when I started, uh, I would not consider, I would not have considered myself terribly empathetic. Uh, I tended to be somewhat I think I was sympathetic, but I wasn't empathetic. I really didn't understand what people were going through in, in totality. And that really changed when I became a father. Uh, when I had kids and I started realizing what it was like to have these additional responsibilities of being a father, I'm a father with three boys, uh, that changed everything for me. And it made me realize what I needed to do differently because now I realized what I needed and I realized I've got to be this way for the people I supervise. And it made a huge difference for me. And I can really point to that, to the birth of my son uh, back in 1999 as being a, a major watershed moment. Uh, and I've tried to practice empathy throughout my career from that point. Uh, I think empathy is, is truly part of emotional intelligence that we need to both understand where our employees are coming from and use that understanding to craft how we lead, how we manage. And without having an empathy mindset, we have a tendency to uh, move forward with directives that may not resonate the way we want them to. And if we don't have empathy, we're not going to have success in the organization. It's just simple as that. Yeah, that ability to walk a mile in someone's shoes and put yourself there. I think that example you gave of selfless, selfless, the selfish trans transformation you went through when your when your son was born. 
And I'm, I'm really big on action. One of the key parts of H Like a Boss is taking action. So I, I believe in empathetic action. I think there's a, an ability to listen and articulate and empathize and sympathize. But at the same time, we have to do something with that, right? You just, again, a sounding board, someone to shed a tear to, to have a, a session of frustration, that's really important. But to hear that consistently from multiple people and not do anything about it, to me, means there's a gap in your business or in your organization, and we must do something about it. So taking action around that empathy, to me, is true leadership. Sure. And I, I couldn't agree with that more. And I can't tell you how many times I've changed course of action because of what I've heard from employees and needing to take that into account and rethink the strategy. Yeah, no doubt. Well, hey, John, I know you've had a, a shorter career in HR, but certainly certainly seems like you've been practicing practicing a lot of these great these great attributes and skills throughout your entire professional career and doing doing great work there with uh, try, trying to end homeless in your community. I'm curious. One of the things that I know I hear a lot from human resource professionals, and and they and they may describe uh, one of the attributes or competencies that HR can improve upon is confidence, their ability to feel comfortable and confident in the role that they have. And I'm curious about how you've embraced your role in HR and allowed your voice to be heard inside of your organization. Sure. You know, I think, you know, confidence comes from us being able to know what we're doing well. So you need to be able to embrace your strengths and then you need to work on what it is that you have weakness in. So confidence comes through you know, practicing what you're best at and learning what needs to grow. And it's then taking this package and putting it together to be that voice in the organization and letting people see that you're that voice in the organization and recognizing that what you say may or may not always be perfectly um, articulated, but you need to be able to be a voice and, and speak up, call out, call in. You need to do all of that. And, you know, I have a little post-it note on my monitor at work, which says, you are an HR professional, live it. And, you know, I look at that every day and I say, you know, I am an HR professional. I'm here beyond just my work. I'm here supporting an entire organization. I need to live this. I need to have that confidence. I need to project that. And I may not always be perfect at it, but I strive to do that every day. And I think that that's so important for all of us in the HR profession. Yeah, it reminds me of the logo or the slogan that my kids' school has: "The see something, say something." If 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 something's going on that that you feel is really great and needs to be applauded, then do it. And if you see something that's going on that's really bad or affecting people or the business or organization, say something about it. And HR has a very unique perspective and lens and position inside of most, if not all, organizations to be able to do that. So so well said. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. All right, John, I'll get you out of here on this. The podcast is called HR Like a Boss. The book that's coming out in 2023 is HR Like a Boss. Maybe I need to put the my, my change my license plate to HR Like a Boss. I don't know. I thought about that for a second, but uh, I don't know if that would all fit on an Ohio license plate. <laughs> Tell me, John, how would you describe someone that does HR Like a Boss? Simply put, it's embracing the role of HR in the organization. It's embracing the ownership role of HR in the organization. It's making sure that HR is not just, hey, we're in this transactional work. We're going to support you with X, Y, and Z. But it's saying, 
we are looking at this entire workforce that we have, and we want to make this workforce the very best it can be. We want to connect this workforce to our mission. We want to connect this workforce to our strategic vision. And we want to move forward and make this an organization where employees truly feel supported and bring their best selves and know that the work they're doing is really meeting the mission of the organization. And the best that we can do that, fantastic. Uh, it's, it's just having that constant mindset that we are bigger than the transaction, bigger than the transactional. Not that that's unimportant, but we need to recognize our role supersedes that in HR. Awesome. What a great job, John. I'll just recap a few quick things you said that stood out to me. And you, you mentioned it just recently, the importance of supporting employees and fostering the ability for them to bring their best self to their work and what they do every single day. HR, as you describe it, is the heart of the organization and is such a critical part of its success and well-being. You talked about the importance of training and training and training managers so that they can feel uh, the level of love and support that they need to do the tough job of, of managing people and showing them the support. We also talked about the engagement levels will increase as employees feel connected to the organization's purpose or mission. And this idea of managers, leaders having empathetic mindset to be able to lead and transform the way people do what they do at work every day, which is so meaningful. And then you you hit on a word. Uh, there's two key words and uh, at least mindset words uh, for doing HR like a boss. It's love and ownership. And this idea of embracing ownership in your role of HR as someone that does HR like a boss. Super great job, John. It was awesome. I really enjoyed having you on the show. Thank you. Appreciated being here. Thank you for listening to the HR like a boss podcast. If it resonates with you, please leave a rating or review, or better yet, subscribe and share with a friend. Until next time, let's continue to aspire to do amazingly awesome HR.